place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, safe not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene, with no trace None in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm outer space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state going on ladies and gentlemen it's your host your boy george mckay back again straight talk studios with another amazing conversation now this is going to drop sometime in february i am recording it in january but it still doesn't take away from the awesomeness that is about to happen without further ado please help me welcome one of the ogs in the ontario indie scene a canadian legend in my opinion and since it's my show my opinion is all that matters please help me welcome the one the only rip impact to straight talk wrestling how are you sir I'm doing very well. Uh, that was quite the introduction. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, good to be here. So thank you. Oh, no problem. It's an honor to be here. You know, I, I've had so many of your students on this show. I had to mention a couple names, Travis Moore, Mike Forte, yeah. uh, most recently, uh, Johnny DeLuca. So a lot right. of a lot of up and comers in the Ontario scene, you've had a hand you've sprinkled that magic fairy dust, if you will, and you've really established a couple of young up-and-comers. So we know that the scene for a very long time will be in very good and capable hands. But today, we're going to talk not so much about the students, but about the master. Because, you know, as it is, there's always a Mr. Miyagi to every Daniel's son. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about you. I mean, 2005, if I've done my research correct, and I know enough about your career to, to know that you've been around for 16 mm. years, grinding, yeah. working, winning titles, losing titles, always willing to take one to help somebody up and coming go over. And you've held so many championships in Ontario, most recently, uh, a company who I'm affiliated with, HWE, you had quite the title reign as the epitome of wrestling. And uh, yeah, you had quite the reign. And unfortunately, the reign came to an end just before the end of uh, 2021. Lost it to Tyler Turbo, but I'm sure there's a rematch in the works for when shows open up. But I certainly hope so. Well, I hope so too. I mean, it was a great storyline, but I got to talk about that because you're, you're one of the sweetest, kindest, uh, most easygoing people in the ring. But Man, when you have to play a heel, you could turn it up. So I guess my, my first question in this is, playing a heel, playing a face, what do you enjoy more, knowing that once the cameras are off or once you're not performing, you're all you're very just chill. You're one of the most chill guys that I've ever seen in this business. That's a great question. Um, I look at it from different dynamics now because – I mean, people have said, and I don't want to compare myself to like the great of all time, like a Ricky Steamboat or a Rey Mysterio, but those are the two guys that have predominantly been babyface their entire careers. Uh, I mean, you don't look at them ever having a real heel run. Um, I'm very similar in that sense as far as Ontario Indie Wrestling Cons. I've been typically a babyface for, you mean, the better part of actually since 2004. Uh, so you mean 17 years or something like that now. Um, now I'm losing track, but uh, I've been a babyface almost the whole time. There's been opportunities and times during that outside of Ontario where I've been a heel. If it's been across uh, northern or western Canada doing tours, I've had the chance to be a heel there. I'm doing some work in the States. I've had some chance to be a heel there, which is always fun. Um, but most recently, it's been like my real prominent heel run starting at HWE 
expanding to a couple other promotions now, like PPO and Burlington, and uh, possibly more in the future. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, definitely different for me. But if I have to choose one or the other, I mean, I try to be a pretty chill, good guy outside of the ring, and I like doing that inside the ring as well. So I like being the that baby face. But I'm definitely having a lot of fun uh, being on the other side of it and doing uh, some heel work lately. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's funny that you mentioned like Ricky Steamboat and Rey Mysterio. You're right; those two guys, if you look back at their careers, have never really had a heel run. There mm-hmm. may have been opportunities to turn heel that they mm-hmm. never pursued. Would you say mm-hmm. now, going in your actually 18th year, we had to both correct ourselves because mm-hmm. it's 2004, your 18th year, going into yeah. your 18th year, uh, having that t- having that heel run in your 17th year. Was that a breath of fresh air for you as a performer? After, like you said, predominantly your whole career, sitting there being this, hey, I, I'm, I'm Rip Impact, I'm happy to be here, I'm for the fans, to being like, you know what, screw the fans. It's all about me right now. I just want to rack up gold. I want to be the Ontario belt collector, if you will. Was it a hard transition for some of your fan base to buy into? Like, hold on, this is not the Rip that I know. I don't like this Rip. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh yeah, that's that's another great question. It's definitely been a breath of fresh air. It's been something different and fun for me. I've got to uh, try out different things I don't normally do, change up my moveset just a little bit. I mean, uh, set some different nuances and uh, character traits I get to put out there, which have been a lot of fun. And um, the other part of that question is how my fans and stuff reacting. Because I'm very thankful uh, to have a loyal fan base that have been supporting me, you know, for the... 18 years of wrestling now. Some of them see me in the early years, some of them are new fans, uh, and some of them are in the middle. Um, and there have been a couple times in Ontario wrestling, as I mentioned, uh, not just outside uh, Ontario, other provinces or other states, um, where they have tried to do a heel run with me, but never really took off and got the steam behind it for multiple reasons. Um, I remember a company in Niagara Falls called Busted Knuckle Pro Wrestling, probably in 2010 or 11, sometime probably seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, tried to turn me heel. And I mean, it had the right setup. It just didn't click. Fans were still cheering for me. People still liked me, no matter what I did. I mean, I had half the crowd behind me and some of the crowd impartial and then the other remaining crowd not liking me. Um, was that a trait to my heel work or the booking? I'm not really sure. I can't really say. Um, there was one other time for Death Proof Wrestling where it looked successful, where it did do a heel turn. It's still talked about a little bit to this day. Um, I came out, I was part of the whole Death Proof culture um, where they had the hardcore wrestling and did all that. They had like a some kind of contest or something like that. I was a judge for it and you got the crowd really, really riled up. And then that particular night during that promo, I turned heel. You know what I mean? I, I, I spin someone's face. I gave them a pile driver. I threw people out. So that was a lot of fun turning heel. With that crowd, I was able to get that across. Unfortunately, that heel run never really stuck with me because I didn't get to follow up and do too much more with Death Proof after that because my schedule got very busy. I started taking more tours, traveling across Canada and touring more. So it's hard for me to honor those Death Proof dates. So that heel run never really stuck. Um, so now... I mean, uh, it's almost two years coming on the pandemic era of wrestling, but it was March 2020, right before everything started with this, is when I turned heel at HWE. And that was a blast because it was in my hometown, Hamilton, Ontario, somewhere I'm very proud to be from, uh, somewhere that I, I 
I think it's a great city for wrestling. And I think turning heel was definitely a breath of fresh air. And the way we did it, I think it was kind of the right place, right time. I think I have a lot of factors. And I think where we did it at HWE was also a great fit. And it's great having you a part of that. I mean, doing commentary now and being part of the team. Because uh, you guys as commentators can help tell that story and narrate the story that we're uh, putting out there. Um, but being a heel now at HWE and now in the PWO, uh, it's a lot of fun because it's a breath of fresh air. I get to revitalize things. I get to work with people, uh, new people that I haven't wrestled yet before, and also other people that I have, but in a different dynamic. Uh, even Tyler Turbo, we have wrestled several times before, uh, but it's always been either you know babyface, babyface, or he's the heel and I'm the babyface. So it was a lot of fun where I was the heel and he was the babyface, which led to a whole different dynamic for a match. Um, and now with HWE, with a new platform, it's a fairly new audience to a lot of it. And some of the favorites have got to see um, my heel turn and progression and they can get behind me being heel now if they love to hate me or hate to love me. <laughs> um, they get it because now the difference is I have motives. I have reasons behind my heel turn as opposed to just me turning heel for no reason. Um, and we tried to come up with reasons before, but now I really have reasons. And a lot of that comes to running the school, having my students, you know what I mean? Seeing a lot of them get the spotlight that I rightly really, uh, feel like I deserve, if you will. Mm -hmm. And kind of going with that, that answers the question. It absolutely does. absolutely does. And you, you mentioned uh, some of the students that you've, you've turned out and helped mold. I mean, uh, I look at a guy like Johnny DeLuca, uh, who's been around the scene for a very long time, but is coming up so strong. And I was able to not only have the honor of, of calling your run or the last half of your run, but to also call his run as the TV champion. And we talked a lot about, um, you know, him developing and where the developmental came from. And also too, the one thing I, I admire about Johnny DeLuca is he's a, he's a big boy like me, but man, yep. he fly around that ring. So, yep. Somebody like yourself who has passed on knowledge, when you see a student like that and you see the inside agility, because a lot of times people look at body types and they be made conceptual, this guy's just going to get handled in the ring. This guy's not going to have the stamina in the ring. This guy's not going to have the agility to pull this stuff off. But then as you're working with a student and you start to see these developments, how do you as a coach, I mean, this is great because I, I've never really had a, a coach and a performer on the show at the same time. So how do you as a coach look at a guy like Johnny DeLuca and say, okay, I see what's inside. Now I've just got to find a way to get it out. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's a great question. Uh, I mean, number one answer is we lean into it. We lean into that as much as possible. I mean, Paul Heyman said it was, uh, you, is it for someone's strengths? You, you highlight people's strengths, you hide their weaknesses. Um, I mean, I believe that or you want to showcase the strengths and hide their weaknesses, but I still think you should be working on their weaknesses. So those weaknesses can become strengths as well. Um, Johnny, in my opinion, among a few of my other students, they're the full package. They have it all. Uh, and like you said, students, talents, wrestlers, uh, they all come in all different shapes and sizes. There's not one cookie cutter uh, size or, or build for a wrestler right now. I think people um, surprise people. I mean, there's small guys like Travis Moore uh, who have so much heart. And for a kid his size, he's, he's a strong kid. He's a very strong kid for a kid his size. Uh, and then there's people like Johnny DeLuca, who's a bigger guy or even uh, Wonder or Wade Allen. He's a much bigger guy, but Wade's uh, very agile for his size as well. Uh, but Johnny specifically, he's got the whole package. Um, 
he came into me at like a very young age, which is awesome. I love starting with guys when they're, you know, 16, 17, whatever he was. It was very young. He came in with a little bit of a jujitsu background and he just took to wrestling. Like he was one of those like prodigies where he just like picked it up. He was always there training two, three days a week with me, constantly training. And he still tries to get down there wherever he can. And uh, Johnny's also a very like humble kid i'm sure you picked up from your interview he's very humble very respectful uh i mean his his parents raised him right <laughs> i mean they did a great job and i love his dad uh, one of his biggest supporters it's just so having that respect from like your student like all my students do but having that extra sign of respect from him where he's like really listening to what you say and like really taking uh like any constructive criticism or feedback as best you can is only going to help him excel so working with Johnny for the years and, and seeing his succession and his improvements, how far he's come and, and seeing uh, both Johnny and uh, Evan Greenway debut at the Destiny show back in December, that was awesome. That was huge. Like having those two guys debut on a big platform. I think there's unlimited potential and bright future. And it must be cool. It must be like a proud dad moment when you see a couple guys you've trained walk through yeah. the debt. I mean, when you look at promotions in Ontario, Destiny Wrestling, easily top five. And I'm not taking mm -hmm. anything away from any other promotion out there. Every other promotion has their specialties. But yeah. Destiny really has that tie-in with Impact. Yeah. And they also bring in, like, top-tier talent from all yeah. over the world. And when you get to, as a teacher, you get to see two of your students run through the curtain. I mean, be honest with me, Rip, did you have a little bit of tears in your eyes? <laughs> For sure. It was, uh, it was awesome. And I wasn't even sure I was going to head out that day. And then I was contemplating going back and forth. I had the day off, no training, uh, nothing going on that day. So I was like, I'm going to head out there and just watch the show and support it. And, and that decision was secure even a few hours earlier when I got a message from, from uh, Evan and Johnny saying that they were on the show. They just found out that day. Um, and and I, I had to be there for it. And uh, yeah, it was definitely those moments. I actually just posted about that recently with the, the Hamilton Pro Show I did the week before in December. Um, it's 100% a proud dad or a proud coach trainer moment. And there is nothing that matches it. There's nothing more rewarding than seeing your students, seeing these people you train and work with, seeing these people you've bonded a friendship with, um, like live out a childhood dream. Uh, you know I mean accomplish a goal like uh, you mean debut for a big promotion like Destiny? It's the most rewarding feeling ever, and I think it's literally what fuels me as a coach. Uh, yeah, you know I mean I'm very lucky and fortunate that wrestling is my full time career. I get to wrestle. You mean basically every weekend when things are going busy. Uh, I get to keep busy with the training school every day of the week, or three four days of the week. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm very lucky in that sense. But honestly money aside job aside i would just do it because i love professional wrestling and i love other people that love professional wrestling like yourself and all my students who train with me so that's that's the reason why i do it because it's just i love pro wrestling it's simply put and these other people like johnny love pro wrestling um and these other people like i've had debuting recently they love it it's a childhood dream for them it's a goal and it's the most proud rewarding moment uh, for me to watch them live out that opportunity. Absolutely. And in Ontario, we have one of the most uh, supportive scenes. We have great fans yeah. here. 
We have great promotions that share talent, but we also have a little bit of negativity as in every scene. There is those fans uh, that go too far. Sometimes there are those keyboard warriors who I absolutely love to shout out and highlight as often as I can fuck each and every one of you because you have no idea the amount of work we all put in to giving you our art as in me with the conversations you with your school and training and you're performing as well in the ring full-time like people just don't get it so say what you want to say but anybody that steps through those rings I have the utmost respect for and I hold you very very high and I'm sorry that it's taken this long to get you on the show it's just never synced up it's never synced up thank god and I'll, I'll be honest I'm going to call myself out I spoke to Rip about getting this recorded back in December. And then things got crazy with me. I had some personal challenges I had to overcome. So he was gracious enough to reach back out to me a week ago and say, hey, man, are we going to have that conversation? And I was like, wow, what an asshole I am. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it quickly. (laughs) But I'm honored that you I'm honored that you decided that you you stuck with it and you you came back and and we're, we're doing it now, which is great. And having conversations, being able to pick your brain. This is an honor for me in a geek out moment. This isn't just, you know, me sitting down with my friend Rip. This is me sitting down with the epitome of wrestling in Ontario. This is the king, the Creole. Listen, you're like the undertaker of the Ontario scene, okay? If you want to go over, you got to go toe-to-toe with Rip Impact. If you don't, then there's no point. Then you might as well hang up your boots. But I do have one person that I think when it comes to certain appearance features, I think he has you. And that's Mike Forte. And when it comes down to hair... Mike Forte has you on the hair rip. Now, how hard right. is that when you look at a you look at a chiseled block of stone like Mike Forte and you say, "Fucking asshole has the hair." I just... He has the hair. I mean, he's got his own shampoo line now, right? You mean they have their own shampoo line between him and Tyler Arrow? And Forte though has those luscious locks. He's got some beautiful hair. It's uh, I love it, and um, it's funny because. Uh, Mike's got such an interesting story. And again, we won't spend too much time on my students, but I love talking about them. So Forte's got such an interesting story about his wrestling journey and all the things he's overcome. We talk about some uh, negativity and obstacles. Uh, and he's overcome so much um, in his career. And I was super happy to be a part of it. Just, uh, I'm sure he's told the story before, but just um, me just calling him up one day. I barely even knew him. We just had a mutual friend. And just call him up with day when I had the school open and say, hey, I know tough, uh, you've had a tough year, but why don't you just come down to the school once? Come down to the school once. Maybe we can see if you get back into wrestling, see if you're still interested in it. And this is, you know, a few years ago. Uh, I mean, ever since he came down at one time, we, I, we met up at Tim Hortons and, we, and then he came down to the school at one time. He's been with me ever since. And it's funny because like this, his first year with me and then so on, people always said that like, we're very similar. We looked alike. You know I mean, it's a nice head of hair, though. It's even uh, a nice head of hair, but we both have the long hair. We have similar size and frame and stuff like that. He's a bit muscular and bigger now. Um, but he's another guy that has a ton of talent and a very bright future ahead. Um, I think we have a lot of fun. I don't want to step on toes of Tyler Arrow, but I think Mike Ford and I would have a lot of fun tag teaming. I've teamed with Arrow before. It'd be fun to team with Forte. I've teamed with. Uh, both of them before on the first ever HWE show in a trios tag, which was fun. I'd like to uh, hopefully relight that fire in 2022 or 2023 and do some more tag work with trios work with those guys. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to see that. I I, I look at, I look at, you mentioned Hamilton being a great city for wrestling mm-hmm. and it's right. You look at all the promotions that have come out of there. HWE is one uh, HPW, yeah. your promotion, which yeah. we're going to get into in a bit. Also yeah. alpha one. 
a lot yep. of promotions are courage pro wrestling. There's yep. so there's, and there's even more that I, I, I probably can't list, but I'm having a little bit of a brain fart, if you will, but I can't yep. really, but there's so much, is it, is it insane how much promotions are in just that one city, but yet there's enough room for everyone within that one city. If you think about it in Ontario, there's probably, I want to say upwards of 30 promotions, but a yep. good five yep. to seven are just in yep. Hamilton. Like how Absolutely. insane is that? It's nuts. Um, that speaks for the history of Hamilton. Uh, I mean, I've recently done a couple documentaries that will be released in the next little while. Uh, one specifically focusing on the history of Hamilton. It's going to be called the factory because Hamilton used to be called the factory because we were the city that was constantly producing some of the best wrestlers in the seventies and eighties. And I think now we're producing some of the best talent, not to, not to, uh, toot my own horn, but we got a lot of talent out there, uh, they're constantly wrestling on a lot of shows and debuting and keeping busy. If you look at any show on any given weekend, chances are it's got a couple of HBW students on it. I'm very proud of that. Um, but just the city of Hamilton itself, uh, it's history. Uh, it's very rich. But now in the current day, you know, I mean, going back a couple of years and, and even this day, you're right. Even if HW is not running there as much right now because they're doing their thing at uh, Bowers and Mississauga, HPW is going very strong. We got sold out crowds all the time. Alpha One before the pandemic was doing something awesome. They have a great mix of their core talent and American talent, which is, I think, a huge part of why all these promotions can do can be successful because we're all offering something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Alpha One had that American talent and in the mix of their roster. HPW has strictly all students trained by me at the school. It's just a core roster of all the HW guys that train with me is the HW shows. That's just to showcase and focus on them. Um, Courage Pro has a mix of Ontario talent and, and a lot of my guys. Um, and just everything's a little bit different than what we're doing in this area. So I think everyone has a chance to excel um, in their own way and present something a little bit different. And just speaking on HBW before we get too much into it, I'm very lucky with HBW because we have a very loyal, I guess, a hardcore fan base that allowed us to sell out all our shows. Um, but the great thing about our crowd is it's just a little bit different than every, uh, every other, um, crowd or audience out there because we have a lot of friends, family, coworkers um, of the students and stuff. So a lot of these people are seeing wrestling for the first time, which is a cool dynamic. And some of them aren't even seeing it. Um, they kind of just follow HBW. It's like, a, I don't know, 75% of it is like the HBW audience. And then 25% is like that spring mixing of like the hardcore loyals from Hamilton or Ontario, any wrestling that you'd see like Chops, uh, you know what I mean? The Hensher family and like a bunch of those others that are just like those diehard fans that go every show. But we have a lot of our own audience as well, which is really special. It is. It is special. And uh, just to cycle back real quick, because we talked a lot about, um, we were talking briefly about keyboard warriors and the negativity that comes with it. Uh, most recently, um, I want to touch on Travis Moore situation that happened a few months back and actually happened right around the same time I had him on the show. And we talked a lot about that and uh, the trash talk that was coming from one individual. And I'm not even going to give the spotlight to that individual. We won't mention any names, but the fact is, is that the whole scene uh, and yourself included, everyone came to Travis's not defense, but came to Travis's aid and saying, listen, whatever, whatever nonsense you want to spew, save it because we're here in this community we're not going to have that. So when when you see that, when you see one of your students being torn down by a quote-unquote keyboard warrior or a bully, 
in, in this world that we have today because social media is great for reaching out to different places, making different connections, but it's also great for giving everyone the power to do whatever they really want and not yeah. really have any kind of, other than doing like really illegal shit, you're not going to get yeah. in trouble for, you can get banned for a week or get put in Facebook yeah. jail, that kind of stuff, but there's never really any uh, consequences. consequences. Thank you. Yeah. But when you see something like that and you see fellow students, fans in the scene, people like myself getting involved and saying, listen, this is not, whatever you're saying is not cool. You're a complete moron. Uh, does that reignite the fact that this scene has such a great base around it from performers to promotions to fans? Yeah, definitely. It definitely reignites and uh, really cements that uh, uh, the scene, I'd say for the majority of it, has a very supportive atmosphere. Um, HBW specifically is a positive, encouraging, all-inclusive, open to anyone environment. Uh, it's been like that since we started uh, five and a half years ago, uh, school and going. Uh, it's crazy saying it's five and a half years now. Um, but it's been like that since the get-go. I mean, we're open to having anyone in there as long as it's a positive atmosphere. We try to always stay drama-free. Um, as you mentioned, though, unfortunately, sometimes people get tied to things because um, people just like to speak up online because they have that opportunity outlet and they feel they should, uh, they feel like they want to. Um, I think my guys handle it well. I think uh, staying clear from most of that drama is always important. And I think, like you said, uh, it just speaks volumes on, I guess, the respect that maybe I have in school and my students have, and just the scene has in general, that there's so many people that have each other's back, that are supportive, that are encouraging, that will always send a message or say, hey, don't worry about that. And just uh, have someone like Travis is more back, have his back. Absolutely. And you know, you're right. It's crazy. Five and a half years. And uh, I know it's a showcase. I know it's mostly showcasing the students and stuff like that. So I have to ask, yeah. I have to ask from a coach perspective, you got a guy like Johnny DeLuca walk in, you run him through a couple of the exercises. He signs up, yeah. we go working, we get through all the A's and B's, you know, he crosses every box, he checks every mark and all yeah. of a sudden, boom. Okay. Johnny, guess what? Today is character day. Mike Forte, mm -hmm. today is character day. Travis Moore, today is character day. We are going to design who you are going to present yourself out there as a ring. When you look at Johnny DeLuca, where did vitamin D come from? When you look at Travis Moore, where did the day tripper come from? And I know that you, you give your students a lot of creative freedom, and that's yeah. awesome. But when your students come to you with an idea, like, have you ever had a student come to you and say, Rip, listen, man, I want to be like a barbarian clown. <laughs> And you sit yeah, there and you no. go, you know, maybe we'll start slow and then we'll build. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you kind of Absolutely. talk a student down that has so much creative energy coming through in one shot? That's a great question. Um, you've got a lot of good questions. So with the Academy and with myself in general, I think it's pretty known. I'm a wrestling first character, second type of person. That's not taking away how important uh, character, charisma, and those natural abilities are. That's uh, extremely important, I'd say. Uh, you have to bow, if not more. Uh, I just work with my strengths. Uh, I'm a pro wrestler at heart. I love the art of pro wrestling and the technique and the movements and everything goes into it of all styles. Uh, it's you know, the North American style, the Japanese, British, Lucha Libre, Mexican style. I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of people from different places and learn all those styles. 
so I could coach them and teach them all that uh, on top of the drills and exercises we do to get our guys ready. Um, as far as characters and, and working on that, we definitely obviously never neglect that. I think uh, going forward, we're probably even going to put more focus on it because we haven't put as much focus as we probably should. So we're going to put more focus on that going forward. Um, I have someone that I'm working with that's going to help the guys with a little bit of improv skills, uh, promos, and a few other things going into 2022 now and going forward. Um, I'm available John, for that too. For example, I can say, yeah, definitely. I could talk on the mic like yeah. nobody. And I've spent some pretty good promos. Listen, I almost beat Jeremy Prophet yeah. in a promo contest, but then he schooled uh, me. But I almost beat him. I was this close. <laughs> good. 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 We'll definitely talk about that. And we'll definitely talk about that. But you're right. I give my guys a lot of creative freedom. I think it's important for them to have that creative freedom to think of their ideas themselves and that I can help them tweak that. If it's thinking of just a wrestling name, if it's, if it's the idea of what they're going to wear for the wrestling gear or outfit, if it's a nickname or character they want to lean into. The whole thing with Johnny, uh, which I think you touched about a little bit with, uh, with the mini host, the whole vitamin D thing came from Raunchy Nuts. Uh, <laughs> AC Coca, Raunchy. You know I mean, they've all been in the same circle together. Uh, I mean, AC and Raunchy actually met through training at HBW. Uh, they met through there. But... Uh, Johnny had actually done jujitsu training with Ranchi around his circle in his schools a little bit. So they knew each other a little bit through that. So it's a natural friendship. And that's another thing we can talk about. It's just the natural relationships and friendships that I got to see develop over all the years at the school. And we'll go into that a bit later. Um, it's just incredible though. But the whole vitamin D thing from Johnny came right from Ranchi Nets. And uh, I think it works because he's Johnny D or he's Johnny DeLuca. Right. So the whole vitamin D thing came from that and the possible innuendos and, and things that could be applied from Ranchi Nuts more they went with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Travis Moore is he's actually in a state right now. He's really kind of rediscovering himself. Um, he's figuring out who he wants to be and kind of really finding his identity. He's tried out a couple of things. Uh, Travis Moore has a fun story. Uh, when he first started, he got the name Travis just from a misunderstanding. Uh, if, if I can recall correctly, um, it was Wade Allen, who after training one day, had just met him. And as he was leaving, uh, he, he, he was wishing him safe travels. And for whatever reason, I think Wade heard safe Travis. So that ended up becoming Travis Moore's gimmick. He gave, he gave the name Travis and he chose Travis Moore. Uh, and I love the name Moore because, I mean, there's wrestling favorites like guys that he liked, like uh, Shannon Moore. But there's also guys that I think it's a throwback that a lot of people don't realize to my original trainer was the executioner, Ernie Moore. Mm. So having the name Travis Moore is uh, kind of cool and special. But when he first started, he was safe Travis Moore. He kind of came out wearing these like bright yellow, almost like reflector-like tights and gears. This is very short-lived. He did a couple of things sometimes um, where it was kind of like that short run that Crash Holly had where he might go to the top rope and then climb down to the middle rope and then climb down to the bottom rope and not take any risk. He was very safe. And that's where safe Travis Moore came. And then he developed into uh, unsafe Travis Moore. And then he developed into the day tripper. And right now he's really trying to find his identity. So all I can say is keep your eyes on Travis Moore. Uh, I think he's another one with bright future. And I think he's going to be really finding who he is 
this year. And uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to really get behind them. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I, I, all the students that you mentioned, even uh, the Wanderer Wade Allen, I mean, he, he's yeah. impressive in the ring as all hell. And uh, he's somebody that I have to get on the show. So I know Wade's probably watching this one. So Wade, if you're watching, hit me up. Let's make some magic happen. But right now we can't focus Wade. on you, Wade. We got to focus on Rip. Okay, we got to focus on the epitome. I'm sorry. Please don't get mad at me, Rip. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. So you talked about you talked about friendships that develop. You talk about uh, friendships that develop, but there's also got to be some in-house rivalry, but all in the the spirit of competition. So Absolutely. out of all your students who train together or work at the shows together, who's got that real competitive fire? Like Travis Moore looks at you know Andrew Love and says, "Yeah, I think today I wanna I wanna go to town on you for a little bit, but I wanna I wanna I wanna tangle with you for a little bit." Or Forte looks across the ring and says, "Wait, let's dance." Who's got that real great bond, but also has that healthy competitive spirit that they that's the person they always want to work with or always want to fight with, build that rivalry, if you will. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, I've been very lucky just to see these people who, you know what I mean? If I never, I just step and pull myself back. Now, if I never started, you know, Hamilton Pro Wrestling with the HW Academy and everything like that, if I never started that, I have to think that like a lot of these people never would have met each other. A lot of these like real life friendships outside of the training academy or shows that have become real friends. Um, we even have like people that have become a relationship and stuff like that. Um, outside of the school, maybe they never would have met each other. So it's pretty cool to kind of think about that. Um, and it's really neat to see that. I mean, and the bond between like AC and Ranchi who met at the school uh, and now they're I mean, their business partners and their best friends. And uh, even having Johnny DeLuca in that group and having Forte and you know, Arrow and, and the relationship there uh, is really awesome and really special to see. And that's another thing that's very rewarding and very cool outside of just seeing people wrestle and accomplish a goal or live out or do something fun that they love to do like I do. Uh, there's a bigger impact there, no pun intended, um, that like these people have these relationships now that they can go for sushi, that they can go and play games or go out and hang out in the movies or hang out outside the ring. And that's just awesome. I love it. Uh, but as far as that friendly, competitive mindset, that's a, that's, that's a good one. I have to think about that. Um, I think the, I think the Travis Moore, he's, he's got that kind of, uh, he's a smaller guy. So he's got kind of that, I want a smaller guy syndrome, but he's always one who's, who's stubborn to prove himself in a good way. He's always competitive. He's scrappy. He always wants to, uh, you know what I mean? Do what the other guys are doing. So he's definitely competitive in a sense. I mean, it comes to what we're doing, right? If, if we have, uh, if we have a day of training or a week of training where we're focusing on high flying, I mean, Tyler Arrow is always competitive with what he's doing. I have another student named Robbie Cosmos uh, who's going to be breaking out. He's also, I mean, one of the best flyers around. And those guys can have a friendly rivalry of uh, one upmanship. You know what I mean? Someone might do uh, you may a moonsault and someone does a 450 and someone does a shooting star. So they're always kind of wanting up each other. Um, and then we have some guys that are just like, naturally strong you mean forte and wade and evans and the other guys are just strong guys so we're always kind of in a friendly way competing with one another because i think that i think that is good i think it's good for morale i think it's good for the environment i think it makes everyone better when you can kind of 
at the end of the day, compete with yourself, which is the most important thing, and just get better day by day. But still have those friendly rivalries where you want to be a little bit better than the other guy. I mean, you want to do the best you can. You know I mean, while always, of course, uh, supporting and encouraging and being happy uh, for our guys. I mean, not many of our guys are the jealous type. They're always, someone gets the opportunity, they're right there supporting the other guy, which is, at the end of the day, uh, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's exactly what you want as a coach. You want to see everybody flourish safely and happily, and you want everybody to have that balance where they can go out and they can have those friendships. And at the end of the day, it's all about uh, chasing that dream, chasing that brass ring. So, I mean, seven going on 18 years, I mean, so much has been accomplished. You've got a successful school. You've got a successful promotion. You've held so many titles that I couldn't even list them. I don't even know why your walls behind you are white right now. There should be all kinds of titles back there, but they're <laughs> literally just go to his, go to his, you know, uh, cage match and you'll see all the accolades yeah. that this man has. The titles are impressive, but you know, an 18 year career is impressive and you've got a lot more in the tank to go, but eventually there's a time when, and I don't want to get too somber right now, but there is a time when everybody's got to hang. Everybody's got to leave the ring for the final time. Yeah. So knowing that, not that the end is anywhere near, but knowing that it's, it's there in the distance, it is there. Everyone has that end. Um, yeah. What is, what is the impression? Like when, when you look at your whole career, whether it's 25, 30 years, when you decide yeah. this is it, rip impact, I'm done. I just want to coach and I want to watch my students grow. And I can't, I just don't want to perform anymore because I'm just, yeah. I'm exhausted. My body's been through hell and back. When you, when you look at the Ontario scene and the scene that you've been such a big part of for almost two decades now, and I hope it to be many, many more. I do. I really do. Yeah. When you look at it, though, when all the smoke is cleared and, and Rip Impact has left his boots in the ring, what's the one thing you want people to remember Rip Impact for? Oh, you touched on a lot of things there. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful to have the career I have had. I'm very thankful for all the opportunities. I'm obviously very thankful uh, the companies entrusted me to be their champions. I've been, like I said, fortunate to have won dozens of championships over all the years, which is uh, just an awesome accomplishment. And you know what I mean? It shows that the company has trust in you. Uh, I believe when you win a championship, you're not just winning, uh, you know what I mean? A prize or a prop. I think it shows that the company and the fans for every reason have a lot of belief and, and trust in you. So I think it's very important uh, when you win those championships. I'm very thankful to win a lot. Um, when I started wrestling, uh, I've always had certain goals and end games. I wanted to, uh, everyone you know, has a goal or a dream when they start wrestling. If it's just to, I have students as well that have, uh, they just want to wrestle one match or they want a main event, one show, or they want to have a tryout or they want to make it to WWE, they want to headline WrestleMania, whatever those goals are. Um, I've been very lucky in my almost, you know, two decades, uh, almost 20 year career, almost now to have accomplished all my goals. I've been very fortunate. I've got to uh, travel across uh, several uh, parts of the world, which is great. And I still have some more traveling ahead of me, which I'm looking forward to. And that was always one thing that was very special to me with wrestling is I get to travel to all these places. I get to go, you know what I mean? Somewhere like Mexico, to train and wrestle and live there for a little while. And it's just because I love wrestling. That's that's the best thing I could ask for. You know what I mean? If I get to travel across Canada to all different provinces, 
you know what I mean? Like a all expenses paid trip across Canada to the West Coast or the East Coast because I love wrestling. That's the best thing. Um, it's it's super. Uh, just, I'm super grateful for those opportunities. Um, but if there's anything I want to leave in my legacy, and I, I and you're right, it's it's been almost 20 years already. But I ask. What's, what's the average age for retiring? Not, not pro wrestling, but the average age for like retiring from your job, 60, 65? It's usually, like it's usually 60, 65. 65 is kind of like yeah. the, end, the end of the road so, and you just want to enjoy whatever. I'm still young. I'm still quite young. I'm just in my uh, 30s. Um, I mean, I started wrestling when I was, uh, you know, 16 or so, 15, 16, at a young age. So I got started at a young age. Um, so... I've been pretty good at preserving my body. Uh, I've had a very busy schedule with wrestling. I've slowed down a little bit in the last little while, but I keep busy with the school. I'm pretty good at taking care of my body. So I don't know. I don't want to say I have another 20 or 30 years ahead of me. It's a bit ambitious, but I mean, if that's a retiring age, I'd like to still be involved in wrestling and keep going until my, at least my 50s or 60s. We'll see. I never want to take anyone's place. I never want to be that spot. Uh, that guy was holding on to a spot where that spot could be someone new, but I feel like I'll always hopefully have a role in wrestling. It's, it's what I know. Um, if it's not uh, actively uh, wrestling on a show, maybe, or uh, maybe it's running the school still and some involvement and having some of my students uh, fill in like my original trainer. When I trained with Ernie Moore, he was in his 60s, 70s uh, when he was running the school, which I thought was amazing, incredible. And maybe he wasn't, obviously the most hands-on because he's an older gentleman. Um, but he had some of his students help teach the next batch. So I would love to be able to do that going forward. You know, once eventually I get to that age where it's a bit older for me to move around. Um, you know, I try to take care of them, uh, take good care of my body. But if I get to an age where it's hard for me to move around like that, I'd still like to be able to pass my knowledge on and, and train the next generation. And if I want anything to be, uh, I guess on my gravestone of wrestling or to be remembered for in a legacy sense um i just want to be remembered as a uh, as a kid that loved pro wrestling and someone that always wanted to give back to the scene uh i think like i said i've been fortunate to travel and have some really cool opportunities wrestling for major companies having tryouts with major companies but when it comes down to it i just love wrestling i love this scene so I love to be remembered for being uh, arguably one of the most known and successful wrestlers from the Hamilton area. You know I mean, uh, there's a lot of other names up there. You know, I mean, Ethan Page is killing it in AEW uh, and very successful from this area. You look back at the day, Iron Mark Sharp. You look at the other guys like Dewey Robertson and Mr. Lincoln. A lot of others came through here. I love to be considered for that list. And I'd love to just be known for giving back. And as much as I love my own wrestling career and the opportunities I've had, uh, I like my legacy to be training the next generation. Uh, you know what I mean? And right now I actively have 20, 30, 40 guys out there that have been performing on shows, just a couple of shows here, or if they're winning championships themselves. That's what I want to be known for is uh, just training the next generation. I think, I think you're definitely on the right track. I got one more question, and then I want to play a game with you, a new game that I just I invented just for you, okay? Okay. My final, my yeah. final question. 
when the farewell tour happens, yeah. who do you want to be your last opponent? Who do you want to tangle with that one more time? And you've had, like I said, check his stats, over a thousand plus matches. Yeah. You've wrestled yeah, a lot of a lot of amazing talents. But yeah, if, it, if it comes down to that one, okay, Rip, this is your final match. Who do you want to be staring across the ring at that one last time? Yeah. Um, so I've been, uh, yeah, I've been busy. I've had a lot of wrestling careers. I've always been one of those guys that have kept busy. You're right, thousands of matches. Uh, I mean, I'm almost close to, I wouldn't say 2,000 yet, but at least 1,500. Because mm-hmm. for the better part of a decade from 2005, you know, after my first year, first two years in or so, I was busy from 2005, six to 2015, those 10 years. I was averaging, so I keep track of all that stuff, uh, not as much as I used to, but I keep track of that and something I tell people to do is keep track of your matches, the city, wrestling, your opponent, you know what I mean, what match number it is. And I know I'm at at least 1,500 matches because for those 10 years or so, I was averaging anywhere between 100 to 150 matches a year in a full-time schedule. So I was doing a lot of touring and traveling. Um, I've been very lucky to wrestle a lot of like top superstars. Uh, I hate listing them off, but I've been lucky. You can check a cage match with some of the wrestling games I wrestled. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys are on TV these days. A lot of guys that are in those top promotions. A lot of people's favorite wrestlers have wrestled me. I've had the chance to wrestle them. And the same token, I've also been lucky to wrestle a lot of people in their first match or their first five matches. It's kind of like a kind of a test, like you said, if you will, or just like people know I'll be like a utility wrestler in the sense that I can bring out a good match out of most people. So a lot of these newer guys get the opportunity to wrestle with me in different promotions because I can help teach them something if it's their first match or their fifth or 10th match, which is very cool. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I've been lucky. I've got to wrestle everyone that I've really wanted to wrestle. Um, I mean, there's a couple top superstar names that have, escaped me but for the most part i've wrestled all my favorites i've wrestled most of my role models and talents i look up to um even just this past summer i got the chance to wrestle someone who i consider my uh my white whale or my white buffalo in el tornado another ontario wrestling legend and someone that has just escaped me i've wrestled you know i mean all the other veterans of the scene all the hot young up-and-comers of the scene but one person that it just never worked with, that never happened, was El Tornado. It never happened until August of the summer. We finally had that match. So obviously, I'd like to wrestle him again. But uh, if it comes down to who my last match would be, uh, um, I mean, I mean, I'd love to wrestle one of my best friends who I started with, but he no longer wrestles. And I don't think he'd be coming back. I had his last match which was special, um, but I don't think he'll be around. But someone who I think might be around still when I'm finishing up and I want to have that last match are two of my best friends. And I mean, if I have to choose one, that's kind of hard. So I'm going to say it's going to be a triple threat. It's going to be myself, um, Scotty O'Shea, and Alessandro Del Bruno. We oh. come from the same talk. We came up together a lot. You know what I mean? I was part of their earlier, younger years when they first started and working with those guys. We have a natural chemistry. 
um, you know what I mean? So, I mean, hopefully um, Scotty can get back in the game and wrestling down the road. We'll see what happens. But both those guys I hold really close to my heart. And those are both guys that I love and I would definitely consider if I you know, had that, have to have that last retirement tour, that very final match. Those guys would be um, on the top of my list as the guys I would pick. And that, that, is, that, is, a, that is a definite barn burner of a match right there. They're awesome. Yeah, those guys are great. That's those a 10. guys are great. That's a 10-star yeah, match right going, there. I'm not going anywhere, though, because I made a deal with my students. All my students that get out there that actively wrestle and perform for promotions, if it's HBW or any other promotion out there, I've always told all my students just kind of a inner agreement at some point in their career, I have to wrestle all my students at least once. It's just a deal on show. I have to wrestle all my students at least once. I've wrestled a lot of them already, but there's still a lot more that I have to have at least one match with. So that's got to happen for sure too. I love it. I love it. And before we get into the game, uh, let's talk about yeah. the documentary. Uh, one I know for sure that is coming out shortly, Theater of Violence. Yes. Uh, I know you were yeah. a big part of that documentary. Uh, I know that you were actually one of like the first interviews or the first kind of stars yeah. uh, talents that they highlighted in that documentary. And yeah. it looks fantastic so far. It's all about the great scene that we have here in Ontario. So I hope yeah. that that thing hits the circuits. I hope it blows up. Uh, the only drawback to that is that Adam Hayes is in it. No, I'm joking. I love Adam. Adam's a good friend of mine. Adam's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he, well, he, let's not say he's awesome, Rip. I mean, he's all right. He's all right. All right. Right. But theater of violence, let's talk about that. And let's talk yeah. about what you know about it so far and what kind of maybe tidbits you could uh, give us here. Yeah. So theater of violence is another documentary I've been working on. I've been working on uh, two lately. Uh, one's called The Factory, which I mentioned earlier a little bit. And that's focused specifically on Hamilton wrestling and the rich history of Hamilton wrestling and people have come up through Hamilton and focuses a lot on my school and, and the next generation and the factory documentary is I'm basically one of the main focal points of, of that uh, documentary. We also have like um, local legends like Ricky Johnson there being interviewed. Uh, and a lot of that documentary is telling the story of me training next generation. And a lot of the factory documentary also has a lot of focus on uh, one of my students, Mike Forte, and the journey of that and what his overcoming obstacles will be. So that documentary will hopefully come out later this year. But the other documentary I've been simultaneously working on over the last couple of years as well, in the last little while, uh, you know, I mean, things have taken a little bit of pause because of the pandemic and stuff, but it is the theater of violence. And uh, Bob or, or Robert, uh, he's done a great job with it. They've been capturing some great footage. Um, I was lucky to meet them. At, I think it was a PBO show. One of the first PBO shows, they came out, they were filming some stuff and they interviewed me right away. And I've been working closely with them quite a bit. They've interviewed a lot of my students. They've come down to the film a lot at my school. Um, I am looking forward to the theater of violence documentary for a couple of things. I've seen a lot of the footage already, uh, raw cuts and edits. And Bob's doing an incredible job. Uh, he's taking it very serious. In this day and age where, you know what I mean, production is a huge part of wrestling. And you hear people like... Um, Von Vertigo, he's a huge advocate right now for production, production, production for, you know I mean, these wrestling companies up in the production, getting good footage. Uh, I think that's super important in content. And we have guys like Savage Media who are doing some great content right now and filming some stuff. And we're working with them right now too. Uh, but Bob's doing some great stuff. 
Uh, I know firsthand, you know I mean, he's, he's sourcing like the appropriate audio and, 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 and music and, 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 and getting some stuff for that. He's doing color grading, uh, all those like logistics and real fine tuning stuff for the footage. He wants to look very professional because he wants to pitch this uh, six part docuseries. Ideally, we'll cross the fingers for something like an Amazon Prime or like one of those streaming services. He would love to get someone like that to pick it up, um, which is awesome. I see a lot of footage. Why I'm personally looking forward to is he filmed a lot of stuff at the school with interviewing my students. But what's really cool about it is uh, his first day down at school was one of my students, uh, Robbie Cosmos's first day of training. Nice. He's filmed out. He's filmed out quite a bit through that time, and Robbie's been, uh, you mean, doing a lot more since that time. And it's kind of cool to have that documented. <clears throat> I think it's kind of cool to look back and see this footage of someone's first day of training and where they've come and like their journey kind of a couple of months later and a couple of months after that and then like kind of where they are now and going about them. So I think that's very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I just think the whole broad picture of the Ontario indie wrestling scene is going to be showcased very well. And I think it's going to be a cool project that they're doing with the theater of violence. Um, I mean, I did a two hour interview with them one day that was just myself and the two guys filming and doing audio in the truck. We were just driving up to a union show for Kingdom James and I was bringing my ring up there set up and, and do a show out there. We just did an interview just talking about wrestling, talking about the school, talking about the scenes. So I think it's going to be a really cool feature that I think everyone should be looking forward to. So keep your eyes on that. Absolutely. Can't wait for that to come out because it's all about the scene that I love, the scene that I support, the scene that I big up as often as I can. And now, Rip, the most important part of the interview, the game. The okay. game. I call this game, you're going to be the first one to play it. So there you go. It's another milestone for you in your career. I call this one okay. the forced Mount Rushmore. I'm going to give you okay. five wrestlers from five different time periods in wrestling. And you may not yeah. even like them, but you have to rank them one to five. And this would be your forced Mount Rushmore. Okay. Are okay. you ready? All right. Yeah. One of the first ones, I mean, he's a goat. He's a legend. I'm just going to, I'll throw out all five names and you rank them. So the first one I'm going to give you is Hulk Hogan. Second one I'm going to give you is somebody I find to be very underutilized in the time period he was in wrestling when he eventually got to WWE or WWF, but he definitely bigged up the scene in Montreal huge. That would be Dino Bravo. So there's your one and there's your two. Number three, I know you love this guy, but I'm going to give you someone who counteracts his abilities, and that's Dave Batista. Because I know you love Rey Mysterio, but I'm going to give you Dave Batista because I'm interested to see where you rank him. And then okay. number four, I'm going to give my personal favorite, one of my all-time favorites, Triple H. And rounding out number five, I'm going to give arguably one of the uh, most um, underrated wrestlers uh, or actually kind of under the radar wrestlers just for the type of wrestling that he was. But I think he carved out a good niche for himself. And that is the franchise Shane Douglas. So there is your five wrestlers. So now all those names, Hulk Hogan, Dino Bravo, Dave Batista, Triple H, and the franchise Shane Douglas, where would you rank them? One to five, no reasons needed. One being the best out of the five, five being the worst. Where would you rank them? Okay, I think there's lots of factors that come into play. I mean, I'm pretty analytical, so I break these things down. But I'll try to be fairly quick with it. I mean, they've all had good wrestling careers, but I also look at what they've done for the wrestling scene. I mean, Triple H with his NXT brand, and you mean, and the other guys that they've done with their legacies and 
what they've done for ushering in uh, you know, the new scene and, and, and what they've done outside the ring some degree as well. But like a guy like Shane Douglas, uh, someone might rank a little bit lower, I consider you. I mean, the stuff he did with ECW and, and the, and the storylines and the character stuff he's done is great. But if I'm ranking those five, again, my personal take. So as you mentioned before at the start of your intro, it's, that's what really matters. It's your show and you can kind of choose your own opinion and list your own way. So I'll kind of do it in my own way. I'm going to put uh, Triple H at the top. Okay. And then I'm probably going to go just for what they've done when people think of wrestling. Uh, I'm going to put Hulk Hogan second because he's one of the first people people think of when they think of wrestling. Um, then I'm probably going to put Shane Douglas third, Dino Bravo fourth, and Batista fifth. In that order there. Uh, there's some reasons behind it, and, and some of it's just coming down to the numbers and the order. But with those five you gave me, that's the order I'd go with. I love that order because that's the exact same order I would have gone with. Dave Batista dead dead last yeah okay yeah okay you're right though. that's uh that's definitely different wrestlers from uh all different eras which is interesting that makes the game pretty fun so you should run with that definitely i'm going to i think game. i think i'm going to make it a standard there you go i got the seal of approval from the epitome of wrestling how how can you not have a better way to end this conversation rip this was an honor you and i could easily go another hour but i gotta get dinner because i'm hungry and i gotta feed the physique i gotta feed the beast okay i gotta all feed it right. Um, before you uh, go, though, shout out your socials for everything that you everywhere everywhere you are, so they can follow you and the uh, HW HPW school as well. Of course, of course, uh, you can find me across the board uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as at Rip Impact. Very easy, just at Rip Impact across all those. I'm uh, fairly active on Instagram and Twitter a little bit, and Facebook a bit, um, so you can find me there, no problem. And for the school. You can find Hamilton Pro Wrestling uh, at Hamilton Pro Wrestling on uh, both Instagram and Facebook and at Ham Pro Wrestling on Twitter. So please uh, feel free to support and check those out. Thanks for having me, George. It's been a blast. I'll have to do uh, another five questions with the mini host eventually as well. So we'll kind of go from there, okay? Absolutely, absolutely, 150%. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. And you can follow me across all the socials. Link trees always in the bio of each and every video. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay to